All right, welcome back to week three of the Sticks Golf Roundtable. We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to chat a little bit about the big comeback stories of the week with Luke List and Victor Hovland in this past week's PGA Tour and European Tour events, or I should say DP World Tour events. We're going to chat a little bit about how the PGA Tour sets up their golf courses, the good, the bad, the ugly, and we're also going to talk a little bit about opposite field events. You know, this coming week we've got pebble beach and then we've also got the tournament over in dubai we're just going to chat a little bit about why guys are choosing to go to dubai why they're not the if ands or buts about that but before we get to all the good stuff i would like to have a quick ad read for our sponsor swing you swing you premium the world's most comprehensive golf game improvement app with the industry's easiest to use on course gps scorecard strokes gain and stat features Track every shot you hit to develop a completely customized bag mapping so that your digital caddy can provide accurate club recommendations all over the course. Whole Insight acts as a personal yardage book where you can take notes and compare yourself against other SwingU users. A detailed statistic portal gives you actionable feedback to help optimize your practice sessions. The on-demand library of tips and drills from the top 100 instructors means you'll be learning from the best in the business, giving you the confidence you need to play your best golf right away. Whether you're on the course or at home, premium subscribers are improving all the time. Join Swingy Premium today and start shooting lower scores. Now let's get to the action. Six golf roundtable number three. How we doing, guys? Rosie, it's Trey. How are we? Glad to be here. Loud. Yeah, I'm. Uh, everything's good in my world except uh, wind chill was 14 when I woke up this morning. Uh, Virginia has been quite harsh this January. I'm jealous of you guys down in sunny Florida. I know it's a little cold in Florida, but I imagine it was more than 14 uh, this morning down there. It was. It got I think to like 55. <laughs> Tell us how many layers you had on. I had uh, I today. I had uh, some long johns, some rain pants. I had a long sleeve t-shirt, a long sleeve golf shirt, and a sweater. That's five layers. That's, I had five layers. That's a bit dramatic. In my it, it probably is, but I'm used to like. I went outside today. I'm used to like 85 and sunny. Like I wasn't ready for that. It's just it you know, a, big, a big dip for sure. That's that's about what I would have had on too. I'm I'm a, kind of a wuss when it comes to that. I, but. I will say that the boys hustled today. We played 18 holes in two, oh, yeah? two hours and 50 minutes. We wow. turned and burned. That's awesome. We were, we were moving, which was nice, but. You know, I, um, I, man, I'm, I'm dying up here. I got the, I got the golf itch so bad. This is, uh, this is sad because January has now ended and I did not play one hole of golf in the month of January. So I'm, I'm actually crying inside a little bit. So I, I was, <laughs> did you at least get to like top golf or something. I did two track band sessions, uh, for one hour. So game's going to be a little rusty, but good news on the horizon. Um, I'm about nine days out from my bachelor party to Scottsdale where I'll be, uh, playing two rounds of golf and going to the waste management one day. So, Cheers. um, there are, uh, Good things on the horizon. So cheers to that. You can cheers to that. That's that's good stuff. What are you guys having? I got a I got a devil's backbone Vienna lager. That's not um, bad. 
snagged a koozie snagged a koozie for tom i, I heard you uh last week say you were a big fan of harbor town so i got, yes. me, a little, got me a little hilton head oh, koozie. i love that I hate that place I, trey hates it no I, I like it a lot i like it a lot well I've, i'm going my i'm mixing my jamie crow and harry higgs today uh, i've got a tito's and orange juice on ice with uh yeah so it's great and it's making, very making papa proud delicious yeah, this this would last five minutes if Jamie had it though. <laughs> um, all right, well let's get let's get into it. So PGA Tour this week. I mean, you know, there's not much more you can ask for out of a golf tournament than a playoff. You know, uh, coming back from the lead like Luke List, six under par, ties the early clubhouse lead, ends up holding on. Will Zalatoris had a number of putts that he could have made to actually win the golf tournament, including the two he had on eighteen. Uh, well, one to extend, but. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, in my bones, I just felt like he was not going to make any of those putts. That put on 18 to, to win it just had no chance I mean, <laughs> in my mind as well. And then, and then uh, even on the broadcast, I mean, Nick Faldo was just like, if he just hits it a little bit firmer, I mean, yeah, he does, but he also yanked it like half a ball or two, a ball left. I mean, it was, it was not a good putt. Yeah. If he hit <laughs> it firmer, it looked like it just would have lipped out. I don't yeah, know that he had exactly. the right line. And then even earlier in the broadcast, I remember hearing somebody say it, I think it was Nick Faldo, but he said something about, you know, it must really stink to be 25 or 24 and have the heebie jeebies. And I was just like, you can't say that on national TV. You can't do that to the guy. Yeah. I mean, ball striking his way to, you know, a tied for second finish or, but it's, uh, it's clear. Will is just, uh, I mean, he's a world-class ball striker. I mean, if he can ever figure out the putting, he's going to be dangerous. And I think his time is coming. I mean, he was obviously one putt away from getting it done there. So um, I was I was personally rooting for Luke List in the playoff. You know, the, the difference being, you know, they were both searching their, for their first win, but Will is sort of just getting going, right? Whereas Will Zalatoris, I mean, um, Luke List is, is 37 years old. He turned pro in 2007. He's been at this for a long time. Uh, all he's got to show for it from a win perspective is uh, two corn fairy wins in, in 15 years. So if he doesn't get this done, I mean, yeah, he's been playing well, but this might have been, you know, his only shot to get to get it done. So, yeah, I, I think that was a good, a, a really nice feel good story for, for the week. I, I was definitely rooting for Luke List, 100 percent. I was because uh, I mean, I love his golf swing. I love his just like his I mean, he's he won the genetic lottery, six foot four. He's got <laughs> legs the size of two by fours. And he gets high hands and he absolutely pounds it. I mean, that's like my yeah. ideal offer. So I was 100 percent rooting for. And I did my my weekly just take the opposite of whatever Tom's rooting for. And correct. And but it, well, I did have a stake in it. I do look a lot like Will Torres. So if, yeah, the better he does, just the more <laughs> more I'm going to get that, and the better you, you're going. both a doppelganger for Happy Gilmore's caddy. Exactly, about to say, yeah. Mr. Gilmore, I'm your caddy. Yeah. So I mean, the better he plays, the better I'm going to look. So. <sighs> That's what I had. It. Uh, yeah, I, I, I actually figured. lost one uh, one of our betting units in the house. Yeah, you did. Um, you did go down a unit. To I just me. I just took Zaltoris just so we could have something to root against. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's interesting going into the weekend. You know, you had you had two, well, really, you have multiple stars, um, um, but really, John Rahm and Justin Thomas. You know, look like could be a headline headlining win. We ended up with Luke List and Will Zaltoris, but you know, if if you really love golf, I mean, that was as good as it gets. I, I know. Ratings might say otherwise. It might have been better off with a with a ROM win or a JT win, but um, that was that was great golf coming down the stretch. If yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the game. I haven't watched a better tournament in in a while. I mean, I can't remember the last time I watched a tournament that was as good as that. 
quick note uh it was kind of funny i uh i was actually at the uh richmond vcu basketball game and uh got home turned on the tv and uh literally turned on the tv walked in the kitchen came back they showed jason day on the screen i'm like okay j day bang knocks it in the hole for eagle <laughs> i was just like that's so weird that i turned on the tv and that's the first shot that i see it reminds me of i feel like once or twice in my life i've flipped on a baseball game you know and then first pitch comes out that you see and crack home run <laughs> so yeah it was kind of funny but good to see jason day getting back in the mix yeah because um, he like completely changed his ball flight his golf swing his everything because of his back so i mean i i the the one shot that i like look back and i mean i was 100 rooting for jason day i mean he's an aussie and i love jason day he's great but uh when he hold that wedge and then he got he played whatever 15 and then he got on 16 to par three is 16 to par three right or 16 think, yeah yep. yeah part three and that pin was like back left and i remember i was like looking at i think they said something on the broadcast but it was like perfect for a little draw but now he hit to fade and he hit six and will hits or no he hit six will hit seven luke list hit eight so i know he was trying to take something off of his six iron to hit it like a back left flag and he just absolutely whiffed it and i just think that once that he gets that golf swing down and gets that pattern down and can trust the fade. I think we're going to see him in the winter circle at some point in time this year, for sure. That'll be nice. It's been, uh, it's been an interesting career for, for Jay day, you know, yeah. really peaked around 2015. Then he was still, you know, I would say through 2017, 2018, obviously battling some injuries, but yeah, I think his last win was in 2018. So it's, yeah, yeah it was a well, it's been a while now. Right. Is that no, right? No, no, no idea. I don't think that's right, but yeah, it might've been right. Um, but then getting to the DP World Tour, we yep. had another Rory choke, and we had uh, Victor Hovland coming back from six of the lead. Or was it? He was six back? Yeah, I think he was six back. He was 500 start of the day. Um, or 600 start of the day. So it was actually very similar because they both came in early. They both shot six, and then they both had to sit around for like an hour, hour and a half until that playoff came. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I've had to wait in a golf tournament to see if I was in a playoff, but then I ended up winning it outright, mm. but I've never had to wait and then go play. Have you guys ever experienced oh. that? Yeah, I have a, I, have I, have a, a, I couldn't, it's been so long since I've even won a golf tournament that I don't, <laughs> I don't know. So let me get now back. that you, now that you got your amateur status fact, maybe you can I hope that will change uh, yeah. in the near future, but yeah, it's, I don't remember my last. Rosie, you got any situation. good ones? I do. Well, uh, not a good outcome, but kind of a funny story. Uh, my uh, partner and I in the Virginia four ball uh, at Willow Oaks in 2017. Um, we were um, just cruising along. Day with, uh, the Virginia four ball is just two days of, of four ball play. We we had a media. Willow Oaks was playing tough. We had a mediocre opening round shot 68. Second round, we go out. Same kind of thing going. We're not we're not in the mix at all. We're one under through eight. Um, we're just heading towards a T10, T15 kind of finish, you know, and then out of nowhere, we just catch fire. We played the next seven holes, eight under par, um, and just went absolutely berserk, ended up posting, you know, so again, we were well back, so we weren't anywhere near the final group. So we, we ended up posting 64 and we were just sitting in the, in the clubhouse for two hours, maybe, maybe even two and a half hours. And. I remember Brett was actually, uh, it was Brett Chambers, one of my old college teammates. And he was like doing some work on his laptop, you know, and I was like having a couple of drinks and we were just like, 
just like yeah, sitting was, around waiting to see what happened. And sure enough, we end up in a playoff. And who was the playoff against? Uh, BJ Maven and Kyle Mutter, uh, oh, Suffolk I, boys. Unfortunately, I do know how this playoff ended. Yeah, they got. Um, we 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 handed it to him. Uh, Brett hit. We both hit terrible approach shots on on the first playoff hole, and both made bogey on like a wedge approach par four. Yeah. And uh, those guys are former and uh, current Sear Point members. So yep. I, yep. Uh, I yeah. They, they we we hand, we handed it to him on a silver platter. So that, no, that was, it was you that gave it to him. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was unfortunate. We um and Brett and I are both uh, former. Virginia Am runner-ups. We both lost in the singles in the Virginia Am. So <laughs> we can, now we both have that runner-up to suck up or to uh, you know deal with as well. But uh, anyway, it, all that being said, it's just like you know I remember just not really knowing what to do. Like we went and hit a couple balls, you know, but mentally you're, you've been out of it. You've been sitting around for two and a half hours. So it's kind of weird to just all of a sudden. Be I have a cooking too. I'm again. My actually, my, the only professional tournament I won was in a playoff, but it was so fast that I kind of forgot about it. We, it was one <laughs> hole, but we, I finished, I just like hand my scorecard in and they're just like, all right, uh, go stand over by the first tee. I was like, all right, it's just, I'm just hitting putts. And then they just bring this other kid over and then we hop in the same cart and we go to the tee and he makes like the softest five ever drives in the green side bunker, chunks it out, hits a wedge, <laughs> like 35 feet. And I just made par and won. And then we get back in the same cart. And drive back. And drive. <laughs> and he was so mad. It was so funny. And because oh, we were we were both like later in the day, and like I I finished had no idea I was even near the lead because those usually in those tournaments. What'd you shoot? shoot? Only four under. Oh. It was an eighty five player field, so I thought, wow. yeah, I thought I had no chance. And they're like, oh, you're leading. Uh, there's there's a kid who has to par in to tie you. Go stand by number one. I was like, oh, all okay. right. Twenty minutes later, we were off, and then I won, and then we drove back, and he was like hitting the steering wheel. I was just sitting there, just like texting my dad, oh, I won. <laughs> I was all all excited. And he's just sitting there, just like I just drove in. I was like, like, "All right, man, nice to meet you." And he just didn't say anything and walked off. And I was like, "All right, well, this is, is. this is a quick story, but there's nothing worse than being in a golf cart with somebody that either just lost a bunch of money or like is down in a bunch of bets or you know like missed a bad putt." I I will tell the story because, and I hope that Austin doesn't get mad at me. But I was playing golf with one of my buddies, Austin Moore, and he's playing against one of our buddies, Keith Hinton. And they play for a lot of money when they play golf. Like so that's all we'll lot. say. That's all we'll say. That's all we'll say. A lot. And he was down big and he doubled all of it on 18. And 18 at Cavalier Golf and Yacht Club is a just big bear of a oh, par three pins like 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 left middle-ish. It's a big swale off the right. You can play it up high and then like kind of bring it back. And, uh, and Austin hits first and he hits it, you know, probably 30 feet. And then Keith gets up there and just queef heel cuts the worst hybrid you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it should have gone out of bounds with how bad he hit it. And it literally catches the very top part of the green and runs probably 45 feet to this far. And Austin's just in the cart being like, okay, well, I just lost all of that money. Like that's just done. Like I just lost all of it. And the funniest part was that he Tough hit, scene. he hit his like 30 foot or like seven feet by, and then just made Keith put it yeah. <laughs> from, from two inches. And I just, they're just so fun, but I, I've mm. never been more anxious in a golf cart in my life. I thought he was just going to like run us into the water. I was very <laughs> afraid. But. Yeah. The, uh, a lot of the match play events, I feel like 
Richmond and the and the VSGA, you're you're riding with your opponent, which can create some awkward conversations and awkward situations. I had some confusion in my first ever state amateur match in Virginia. I I saw my opponent who was Buck Britton on the range, and he was in his cart, and I was like, oh, I just hop on. He's like, uh, no, they got a cart down there for you. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it probably, probably wouldn't ride together. <laughs> that's funny. I think it, yeah, I think it varies basically. You know, if the if the host yeah, facility has enough carts or not. All right, well, let's get into some topics. Hey, by the way, um, this is this really snuck up on me. I was just checking out, you know, with Victor Hovland winning the, the uh, European, sorry, DP World Tour event. I don't know how long it's going to take me to get European tour out of the lexicon. I'm the European <laughs> tour forever, so they're just going to have to deal with he, that. Uh, yeah, he, he just snuck up to number three in the world. Rom and Morikawa have a pretty strong hold on one, two, and... Man, Victor Hovland, number three in the world. That, that was kind of jarring when I saw that. Good for him. I I don't think I realized he had come on that strong. Well, he's sneaky. Has well, he's like during the off season, he's been over in Europe playing, and he's won three of his last five. There you go, including this week. I mean, Dude, imagine if he could chip. I think he can. <laughs> can he chip? I'm pretty now? sure he can chip. Like I think that's an old. I think that's an old. Thing. An old, an old ailment. Of his. Hey, old Nicholas, ailment. Nicholas never really figured out how to chip, and and he did all right for himself. So. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> one. There's. Hey, by the way, I just want to throw this out there. I, I I would love to have like a futures bet on this if if it's possible. Maybe you guys will take me up on it. I think Will Zalatoris wins this year, but I think he ball strikes his way to like a six shot victory. I don't think that he ever wins. I don't think he wins one that's close. I think that he wins one that's like. He blows everybody out of the water. I think that's how he wins his first one. Probably. Anybody want a futures? Anyone? No. no. I would like to tell John uh, about our futures bet. Oh, you have. can do that. So Tom and I have a, a running bet. Hope, hopefully that goes for years. Oh, I hope so. But actually, no, I don't. He I has, want him to. <laughs> no, I don't. He has Ricky Fowler. I have taken my Korean son, Sung J M, <laughs> and whoever wins a major first pays out the other the, and, and the bet is for each major that passes where neither of them win it carries over and it's 20 dollars per major so 80 bucks a year major. wow whoever wins a major first and i'm i mean best scenario for me is like sung jay is 41 years old and finally gets himself a pga and, and this at this point ricky will be long on the champions tour winless it's a really it's a really weird bet it is a weird bet but he's <laughs> it looks, it, we, we, this is a many uh one of many weird bets we, we've we've uh updated it many a time first yeah. it was firstly just 100 straight up ricky to win a, he wants ricky to win a major before sungjay and i was like let's let's see how this plays out over time yeah and then what was the don't we have another one it's just 100 straight up whoever wins first i thought that would maybe would be canceled out but cancel that something. one out okay we could cancel that one out quick, quick bite quick little mention of the ladies too uh daniel yeah. kang almost went back to back to open the uh, lpga season she uh one last week in Orlando and did Lydia, second Lydia lost by one to Lydia. Yeah, Lydia Ko uh, clipped her by one, but Danielle Kang coming on strong. She'll probably crack back into the top five. She had been top five, then slipped down to like 12th or so, and she'll probably get back in the top five. And with Nelly sitting at number one, it's nice to see uh, some really strong American presence on the LPGA Tour again. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited. I, I mean – I love Danielle Kang. I know Trey might. I don't not, like her at all. Yeah, I know Trey doesn't like her. But really, I, why not? Um, just purely because the 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 couple of people that I'm friends with on the LPGA rumored to not be biggest uh, fans of hers, and that's all. Okay. But, and and I'm, she just kind of I don't know. She just doesn't have a very good personality. I think she. Like, oh, kinda, I think that's wrong. Yeah, but 
you should see her when she's not on camera. She's just kind of mm. like, I don't know. She just wasn't, she, she wasn't who I was expecting her to be when mm. I briefly around her this summer. I, I really <laughs> like watching That's yeah. I have nothing to, and, and, no, and, no, and, no rebuttal and, there, but I that at the caddy table was oof. Like her caddy would walk up. Like, oh, hate to be, I hate to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> even how much money, even how much money he's making. She, yeah. That, that very, she's very high maintenance. And I was, I was around the caddies. So that's fine. She's fun. I'll I tell you. And, Maybe now that you say that, I'm not shocked. One of the reasons I like watching her play is she's really intense. You can tell she is laser focused on what she's doing and um, just seems like a great competitor. But we know that the flip side of that is great competitors, not always the, <laughs> the easiest to get along with. So yeah, I mean, so. after after watching the MJ documentary, I think that everybody can have, you know, kind of a little bit more of a yeah a look at like what it takes to be. Yeah something amazing it's funny you mentioned that i'm re-watching the last dance right now um i'm I'm like seven episodes in i I obviously watched it when it came out and uh, just was kind of flipping around on netflix a week or two ago i was like i'm gonna re-watch the last dance so not a bad not a bad just just as good the second time around yeah all right well i want to get into uh a little bit of uh my my topic which is going to be just the way that PGA tour sets up courses. Um, John Rom had an awesome quote walking off the, I think it was 16th green at the American express. And it was quote piece of shit setup, putting contest week, which is just, that's, that's great. I love I think that. There was an F bomb in there too. There, there may have been, but I yeah. was, I was being nice. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was being nice. I was just, I was taking a PG ish. But uh, but after afterwards, he was quoted by just saying, I would like a golf course that would challenge us in every aspect of the game. And I get that because the American Express, it was the first three days were there to completely to accommodate the amateurs. They put the flags in the middle of the greens. You know, it, it wasn't set up very tough. And yeah, it was a putting contest. So if you could knock it on those greens, you're going to have a 20 to well, a couple of those greens are pretty big, but you're going to have a decent look of birdies. Whoever putted the best was going to win. But on the counterpart of that, I know that, you know, especially USGA is, you know, very famous for this. They push the edge. They push the edge. They push the edge, push the edge. You know, 2004 US Open at Shinnecock, they completely lost that seventh green, the par three. They couldn't hold it. And the putts were running off the green. Guys were four and five putting. They had, you know, like guys watering the greens in between groups. Uh, 2018, the US Open also at Shinnecock. We had that famous Phil hits it down the slope and just says, fuck it. I'm mm-hmm. going to put it right back up the slope. So I think that there's a balance between, look, this is an absolute shootout. Here's 15 wedges, go shoot 11 under par, or, Hey, look, you're going to have 180 yards into every par four today. They're turtleback greens. They're firm as shit. Like go have fun. There's a, there's, there's gotta be a balance there. And I think that this week at Tory, granted, it's not architecturally my favorite golf course ever. I think it's a bit bland. I think that with the site that they were given, they could have done a lot more things with the land and just blah, blah, blah. But firm fairways, firm greens, the pins were in good spots. If you missed the fairway on the wrong side, you weren't able to get it to pins. You had to play for four, even sometimes an easy bogey if you really fucked up. Greens were rolling at 12 or 13. I know they're Poana greens, but fucking deal with it. You're in California. So, I mean... I don't think you could have asked for much more out of this week uh, at, at Tory. What do you guys think? Couldn't agree more. I, um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking 15 under is really, that would be, if I could pick the winning score any given week, uh, 15 under is right in that sweet spot. I think, I mean, when it gets to 20 plus, you're kind of thinking it's a bit of a 
a bit of a, you know, a little too easy. And if it's, if it's six, seven, eight under, that feels like it's maybe more reserved for, for major championships, what you want to see at a U.S. Open. I think, yeah. I think they nailed it. I think uh, they nailed it. I got to disagree with you on that. I think U.S. Open champion should be over par. See, I, I don't, I wouldn't mind that, Tom, but I think what we've, what, if you actually get a U.S. Open where over par wins, I think to uh, some aspect, to get to that point, they had to make the course in that Shinnecock level where it's like borderline ridiculous. Um, I I think if a few guys finish... Not every time. yeah. If you you got five to ten guys under par out of the best 160 players in the world, that's plenty tough for me. I mean, you look at Winged Foot in uh, 2020 when Bryson won, he finished, what, six under? Um, And, you know, a lot of people were saying Winged Foot should have finished over par, but second place was even par. You only had one guy under par. Like, that's plenty tough. Let me, <laughs> in my, in my let me caveat that. Let me caveat that. I don't think the winning score should be over par to US Open. But what I do think is I think that par should, like, par should be, like, par should be par. I feel like in PGA Tour events, par isn't par anymore. Like, you get a, you come to a, a golf tournament, you have a par 72. Okay, well, four of those holes are most likely par fives. Two of them are probably reachable, if not three. So then you knock three off that. You're at par 69. There's probably going to be a drivable par four. So you knock that down to 68. So if you're a PGA Tour level golfer, your your par is 68. It's four under par. That's what you should shoot on just an average day where you just go out there and you play well. I think at a US Open setup, it should be, the par should be 72. The holes should play hard enough to make par the good score on that hole. Yes, there should be opportunities for par or for birdies and eagles and all those kinds of things. But I think you should have to hit a perfect golf shot to do, to do those things. So I, I I just like to see par actually become par, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. I mean, that's the classic thing, right? Like any course can just, you know, any par 72 can just take their two shortest par fives and, and turn them into par fours. And then you kind of. And then you got a par 70 just played with the numbers and you've made it two strokes harder in a sense. And, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't disagree, but like, like I said, I think for a PJ tour event, somewhere between 12 and 15 under, and look, we can't be too hard on these guys that who have to set these things up. There's a lot of variables out of their control, right? Like you don't know if it's going to be, I remember like Bay Hill a few times in the last several years has played as the toughest venue on on the pj tour for the year because the wind starts kicking and it gets really firm and you know but then other other years it's actually been real really gettable when they've had a lot of rain and the wind's down so you know i I don't particularly i I feel like sometimes people are a little too harsh um now when you look at something what rom was talking about the the american express that has perennial that has annually been one of the easiest courses or one of the you know Courses meaning the, the two or three the that they answer. play that weekend, you know that that is always one of the cupcake I, tests. But to John so. Rom, to John Rom, I would say, well, you know, if you really hate it that much, you don't have to play that week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's kind of also a ridiculous statement by him because that is just, I mean, that in my mind, that might be the easiest course on the PGA Tour, wide so, open. So like, if you hate that, then why are you there? There, every that, that was the old like that was a Humana where Smiley shot sixty to win. The, like, uh, yeah, the only the only one I could think of is the old Zurich Classic. That place was a fucking shootout when they before they changed it. To even still, event. even still, that place it was like thirty under when yeah, each it, week. So like, there's just certain events where the golf like, what do you want them to do? Like that you can yeah. hit it anywhere. The rough isn't long and the greens are soft and there's no wind because it's Palm Desert. Like what? 
what is it? Are they supposed to just throw pins on the fringe, John Rom? And then, and then, and then it's 21 right. under, like it doesn't really make any kind of a difference. I don't know. I, I don't see it. There's no way you can set that golf course up to be hard. Yeah. So, I and agree. That, and that's the thing with what we were talking about last week, how like the PGA tour, like some of it is just not about the golf. You have, they're, they're raising millions of dollars for charity. That is the main idea of this tournament. They True. really don't care. And they, and also you have to have for, for TV, you have to have highlights. You have to have people doing things that are, crazy like the uh, when someone shoots 60 it gets a lot more reviews than when someone's leading at 68 after the first round i think well that's an interesting way to look at it i've actually never even thought about it that way but there's your production mind working for mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i think a good a good mix is healthy right what's wrong with uh with eight under winning one week and 25 under the next week i mean do we want it to be uh, like i said i love 15 unders winning score but i don't necessarily think it should be right around there every single week. Um, yeah. Variety is good. The other, the other biggest thing just with course setup in mind is I think that golf in Europe, especially when we're going to hone in on the British open, I think that the way that they go about setting up their golf course for the U S open or the British open is awesome because they set it up, have as hard as they want or as easy as they want with the weather coming in, that they know is coming. So if, I mean, they're going to go play St. Andrews. If the wind doesn't blow at St. Andrews, it's a par 66. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's really one of the the easier golf courses in the rotation, or it's probably, yeah. it's probably the easiest golf course mm-hmm. in the rotation, but when the wind blows and they can set it up to where they know where the wind is coming, they can make it, you know, a, a par at 72, a really good score. But it's, I just, it's, again, it's hard to control the weather and not everybody is the weatherman, but I, I think that setting up a golf course, knowing what weather conditions are coming in is like really, really, really important because if you get a bone dry day and you didn't, you know, and you rolled and mowed the greens the day, the, the night before or the morning of, and then you just get heat and no wind, those things are going to bake out. And it's the same thing as if you didn't do that. And then you didn't cut them the day, the night, the day, the morning of, and then it, you know, rains all day, those greens are going to slow up by two feet. So it's, it, it's a tough line. There's, you know, you gotta find like the, you know, happy medium in the middle and I'm glad that's not my job. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what do we got coming up, uh, coming up this week? Yeah. So, uh, this coming week's kind of interesting, a little bit of a split operation for, uh, for the top level guys. You got the, the 18th Pebble beach pro-am, um, um, over on the Monterey peninsula, but then you got, the Saudi, uh, the Saudi International, um, which uh, a lot of a lot of interesting controversy surrounding that. You know, some some massive uh, appearance fees being doled out. You know, million dollars, two million dollars to some of the top level players to go play in that. And if you guys remember, the uh, the PJ Tour actually um, was threatening, you know, punishment and penalties for guys who were accepting the invitation to go over there and play. They ended up granting all exceptions uh, for for the wait, players that did decide to go over. Some of the I guys did, that I did not know this. Wait, explain what happened. Oh yeah, so um, last year the PJ Tour came out and said, so I don't know if you know this, but the the Saudi International was until this year uh, actually part of the European Tour, um, but it is the European Tour wanted to cut ties with Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, obviously there's some human, human rights concerns there and not everybody's comfortable with from the PR perspective and but the Asian, the Asian tour stepped up and said, we'll take it. So <laughs> the Saudi <laughs> international is actually, uh, uh, this week is kicking off the Asian tour schedule for the year. 
Um, and, uh, so yeah, the PGA tour came out and said, you know, we're actually going to levy punishment or penalties, um, for guys that, uh, decide to play over there. Um, however, all the guys went ahead and, you know, submitted a, a request for it to be. So here's a statement. Actually, this is kind of interesting. Um, so for all the guys like Dustin Johnson and Xander, um, and, uh, I think Colin Morikawa was over there. No, let's see. Anyway, the um, players who have this is this is this is was how they they granted the uh, when they announced that they were granting the exceptions and, and not going to penalize the players. They just said players who have played in the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am at least once in the past five years were granted a release on the condition that they commit to play it at least once in the next two years. Um, and players who have not played in the AT&T Pebble Beach in the past, um, they have to commit to playing it in at least at least once in the in the next five years. I'm sorry, twice in the next three years. So basically, they're saying we're not going to penalize you for going to play in Saudi this year, but you have to come and play in Pebble, you know, once or twice in the in the coming years, which is kind of interesting. Um, what do you guys overall just think about? What are your general thoughts or feelings? I don't know if you've thought a lot about you know, guys taking a big payday to go over there and play, you know, just personally, I, I'm a little conflicted. I, you know, I, I'm not super comfortable being that they, they, they do have a considerably low human rights score and it's, it's a little bit controversial, but on the other hand, these guys are independent contractors and, you know, it's, it's really, I don't know. It's, it's up to them if they want to um, sort of push that to the side and, and go take a $2 million appearance fee payday. Who am I to say, I wouldn't do the same if I was in their shoes. You want you want to you want to take a crack this one first? I didn't. I don't have much to say. Just go get that check, Dustin Johnson. <laughs> like, what is your what is your job to earn money playing? Yeah. Golf? What are you doing earning money playing golf? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. That's a weird one because mm-hmm. yeah, there there definitely are some kind of outside factors you know, with Saudi Arabia, but I mean, dude. Two million dollars go teed up. Yeah. Two million and and I just get to go hang out and I get to like fly those like little where I get to hang out with those like birds that come on your arm. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> they do like a falcon yeah. or whatever. That'd be kind of cool. They do something crazy every year. Like yeah, you'll just some, you'll just see that picture shit. come out of just like Ian Poulter in like traditional Saudi bar <laughs> just standing at like the roof of like a 200 story building. You're like, what is happening? Yeah. 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 I think they have the best PR shoot of the entire year. Probably I think I think what my thing is, um, it's funny because, you know, obviously a lot of the guys who are getting involved and going over there to play, they're getting asked about it. And some are, some are just being so coy about it and saying, I just want to grow the game. And I'm kind of like, come on others. Um, like Jason Kokrak came out and said, look, I'm there for the money. You know, it's like, it's a payday. I'm sorry. I'm an independent contractor. I'm trying to make as much money for me and my family as I can. And I, I actually, I respect him a lot more for just kind of, being honest about it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I would, I go back to something that Kevin Kisner said a, a long time ago where he was saying something about, well, I mean, they pay a ton of money, mm. third or seventh or whatever. No, they, he said, uh, yeah, they said, do you, don't, do you feel like you have a chance to win every week? And he said, oh, no, not at all. And he said, well, why do you show up? And he said, they pay a lot of money for 20th. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the most true statement I've ever yeah. heard in my life. I mean, they, yeah, they do. They pay a lot of money for 20th. I mean, you might get outdriven by Dustin Johnson by 85 yards, but if you make birdie or par and you can shoot a good score, you're going to get paid just the same. But the, with the whole Saudi thing, I mean, I, I don't really have an opinion on it. 
I think that, like you said, they're independent contractors. They can do what they please. I also don't think that politics has a place in sports. I think over the last few years, politics has gotten way too into all sports media. And I just think it's ridiculous. I just think that, look, if you're good at a sport and you can do it and you get paid to do it, go fucking do it, go make your money, go do it. You don't, you don't have any other, you know, you don't like, you don't owe anybody else anything, you know? So that's kind of where I am on it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but I also love Pebble Beach and I love and I love yeah. people play Pebble and I love watching people hit those tee shots on 18 and playing 17. And it's just such an iconic place that I am going to kind of I am a little bit bummed that some guys aren't going to be playing this year. Yeah, it's it, that's kind of the flip side. Right. Um, and maybe something will happen with the schedule. It'll shake out differently in future years. But I think this is the second or maybe even the third year in a row they've been on the same week. And, Pebble, you know, this Pebble Beach event is so historic it goes back to the 30s and you know, it was called the, the crosby clam bake back, yeah, the then. Clam bake back then yeah i mean yeah. i was actually i was actually looking up you know past winners you got sneed hogan nicholas watson phil tiger um and you know now you've now it's kind of turned into a second rate tour event um which is which is shocking a it's pebble beach and b the history associated with it it's it's kind of sad to see it uh you know relegated to i would say a b or even a c level level tour event yeah i mean i would hate for i mean pebble beach is one of those places where if you're a golf person you just like it's like it's like kind of like golf mecca you just gotta go you gotta go one time i haven't been yet have you been never have you been no No. i um i i i I think i will definitely hopefully get there one day but i'm not in like a rush to do it it's it's so expensive and god bless you if you got the money to go do it but Holy smokes! There's a lot of great golf trips you can do for half or less than half the price. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. It is a special, special place. I mean, I've had a few friends go recently, and they're posting pictures from there. And I'm like, maybe I do need to suck it up and <laughs> fork out the money. I mean, it looks unbelievable. Yeah, I, I did a trip to California this past summer, and I got to play the farms in uh, San Diego, and I played uh, Wilshire Country Club in LA, and just off point, Wilshire Country Club is one of the Mm. actually one of like the most incredible places i've ever been it's um, unbelievable if you ever get a chance to go anyone that's listening to this go i've read it's it's kind of it's i've read a couple times where it's kind of thought of as maybe one of the most underrated courses on the west coast um yeah i mean just doesn't get a lot of attention but it's 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 also a par 75 really 74 sorry 74 i don't know if i've even heard of that i'm positive it's par 74 i played it you said you're you're positive even though you just said 75 it's 75 it's one of those two it's not 73 and it's not 72 i know that because there's like six par fives and granted two of them are like if you are a decent player from the back tee it's like driver seven iron but it is that but i mean literally one of the holes i think it's like 16 i literally thought i was in harry potter because you get up to the green and you remember that scene in Harry Potter, like the whomping willow, the thing that like the big tree that like moves and like fucks up the car. Yeah. yeah. The whomping willow. Literally there's just the whomping willow. It's just over the 16th green. Like you can't even hit it on the right side of the green without getting absolutely by this tree. I mean, it's, it's actually incredible. It's awesome. Like to tell the story with a different adjective there. Uh, it's it, it, no, I can't. Sorry. I'm not going to, I'm just going to leave it in. Like, we gotta hear let's, it. Let's not get canceled before we get started here. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, you know what? I'll just bleep that out. So no, you're good. Um, so yeah, I, I did have one question about Pebble for you guys. So obviously a big component. I mean, it's part of the history. It's a pro am. You've got Bill Murray out there goofing around and all this stuff. But if I had one 
I would like to see Pebble become a prominent event again. And one thing I would propose, you know, if I was, uh, if um, you know, if I could be made CEO of the Pebble Beach Pro-Am for one day, one thing I would do is end the Pro-Am thing on Saturday. I, I remember a couple of years ago, Phil and um, Paul Casey were battling it out down the stretch. And, you know, it's like Phil's, you know, sticking it tight and Paul Casey makes a putt. And then it's like, and here's the CEO of Charles yeah. Schwab. He's a 12 handicap, like trying to hit out of a bunker. And it just kills the whole vibe. Yeah, so bad. I, I, there's a little bit of that at the American Express. I remember I was like, I, I think it was Justin Rose that hit a putt off like the side of the green or on the on that big par five with that massive bunker. And then the other, the one of the guys like, and here comes the amateur. And I think he hit it like an inch. Like he, like yeah. he barely moved it. I'm like, why are we even putting this on TV? A surprising amount of PGA Tour events are pro-ams. It's just that a lot of them um, don't publicize as much or show it as much. I think it's like six of the PGA Tour events have an am component throughout the weekend. Um, but I think a lot of them end on Saturday, which, gosh, if I was running Pebble Beach, I, I would, you know, show Bill Murray and Macklemore all you want on Saturday, but Sunday, let's 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 watch the the tour pros battle it out. I mean, I don't need to see all that um, on the back nine on Sunday. Yeah, I t- I tend to agree with you on that one. Yeah, when we don't know how much we don't like watching bad golf on TV. That's literally our entire business model. I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was yeah, I was thinking about like a comparison. I'm like that would be like watching. You know the NBA uh, Western Conference Finals. You know you got Chris Christie to take some free throws. Yeah, you, you got. It's like we're going to cut away from LeBron real quick and watch the uh, CEO of Quicken Loans play a game of horse against uh, some B-list celebrity. <laughs> yeah, See, Dan Gilbert can beat Marlon Wayne. During this, during this yeah. commercial, yeah. Oh God. Oh God. Just the the proams in general that every event has on Wednesday. I I've always thought that's kind. Of, I'd love to ask a, a tour player. Maybe you guys um, could, uh, you know, that's just gotta be, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some are okay with it, but can you imagine like you're trying to get prepped for a big event and on Wednesday that right before the day, the tournament starts, you got to play with four guys, you know, chopping it around shooting 95. I mean, this is a thing. This is something you just have to deal with as a touring professional. Yeah. You need yeah. to have your stuff ready to rock by Tuesday night. Yeah. yeah. Cause Wednesday is Wednesday's just a wash. day. Well, what, what they've started to do That's, is nice. They did it, they do this in the LPGA tour and they do it on the corn ferry now. Um, is they do only, you only have to play nine holes. So each yeah. Yeah. two pros, you only play nine holes. But we had a I had an 18 hole pro am during my LPGA caddying experience this summer. We had an 18 hole and then we had just a nine. And I mean, I would literally pay for it to just be nine. Yeah. Even as the caddy, like nine is such a difference. Like we were out there for five and a half hours the one Wednesday, and it was just. And I mean, honestly, the, the guys were great, but it was just torturous. But honestly, nine holes is probably better because you get two pros. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got nine holes in the morning with somebody, you got nine holes in the afternoon with somebody else. I mean, yeah, you get yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's kind of a win win. It's a win win, and dude, I can only, I mean, I can only imagine how Curtis is on Prime days. Oh, <laughs> <my> <laughs> Just, I just yeah. can only imagine what he is like during time. He, he, probably, he probably turns it on. He, he probably, probably turns on the charm. He but, probably turns on the charm a little bit. But, but by, after by like, like the fourteen, fall, by fourteen, he is just ready for for that that car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how like, do you think? It, how do you think his sister does with it? Y'all know her a little yeah. bit. How oh, yeah, does Lexi she, do with yeah, the programs? I've seen her like out there, and she's she's pretty. Pop. She's like she. Honestly, I feel like she feels maybe not bad, but she has like a responsibility because she's 
there's always like a pro-am like pairings auction and you know who's yeah. going for the most it's Lexi Thompson every single time yeah so she's got these like people who have just paid like all this money to play with her so I think she's a pretty good sport about it yeah, yeah. the only the only time I've ever seen Lexi or talked to Lexi is when we did uh our LPGA tour video at um at Kingsmill and yeah she was I mean she's incredibly nice and polite yeah. and like talked to us and had no issues was I mean, very cordial. Blah, I, think blah. She, I think she gets uh, pretty fierce once the, yeah, once the but bell rings. You can, you can tell that there's just like a switch and it mm-hmm. takes a little bit to turn that on. And then she's fucking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would, I would love to see her, you know, I was talking about Nelly and, and Danielle kind of leading the charge for the U S uh, ladies right now, but it would be great if, and Lexi's doing fine. I think she's floating around 15th in the world, but it'd be great to see her clip off a few wins this year and get back into that. That really top tier level. How are going? Yeah, she needs to uh, redeem yeah. herself after that U.S. Open deba- yeah. debauchery. But hopefully, we'll those, see that. Stuff. Yeah, I'd love to see her get back in it. So, uh, what do we got coming up next? We got uh, waste management. After that, yeah, which which oh, I will be, yeah. which it, you will be at. I will be in attendance. I'm uh, I'm getting incredibly excited. So, uh, I'm really really fortunate um one of my best friends one of my groomsmen uh paxton whitmore he was able to acquire a box on the 16th hole um so we are really going to be doing it right (laughs) what did you just say did you say that you have a box on yeah we've got a box uh on 16 which the uh sticker value on that um we're not we'll just say it's 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 absurd yeah It's high, it's and, a, and that's it's more money than uh, Austin and Keith Hinton were playing for. On I think it's priced, yeah. I think it's priced on a corporate uh, mindset where you're having companies that are purchasing, mm-hmm. which always probably doubles it. So yeah, me and uh, just twelve of my good buddies are just going to be in a box on the 16th, the waste management on Thursday. We're we're getting two rounds of golf in, one the day before, one the day after. Um, being that I haven't even touched a club or played a golf hole and. January makes me even more excited to get out in some warm weather, but um, yeah, and waste management has a, speaking of fields, uh, waste management has a phenomenal field lined up, got John Rahm number one in the world. And I think they've got five of the top 10 in the world showing up, you know, Brooks is defending. So uh, I think it's going to be a great weekend. Ricky's going to win. What what do you say about he's gonna uh, win. bumping that number to 14? Cause Tom, I'm looking at flights here. <laughs> 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 And they're a bit steep, but if, are, if, are if, the, steep? if the box is free, then it would just pay for itself. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, bring it. Let's go. Incredible. <laughs> no, that's gonna be. I, I can't wait to see pictures and videos. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna. Fun. We're gonna need. We're gonna need a little bit of a write up from you after that's all said. Yeah. Yeah. What it's like to go there. Nice. Once the hangover wears off, so exactly yeah, that can be a. All right, gents. Well, good job. Loved it. Enjoyed it. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Sounds great. Talk to you guys next week. Peace see out. you, boys.